0: whether you're a doctor, nurse, therapist, technician, assistant, or admin. We've got you covered for the next 30 minutes, spilling the dirt on all things healthcare. I'm Allie. And I'm Paige.
1: Thanks for joining us as we gab about healthcare. And hopefully, as you're going in between patients or at night, you're listening to our podcast and you keep coming back.
0: We hope to share some of the entertainment, education, and enjoyment we get from our jobs working in home health. So today,
1: we're going to interview each other. And so we're going to be sharing, you know, our backgrounds and our funny stories and, uh, you know, different things. And hopefully, it's fun and lighthearted and you feel happy at the end.
0: Before we get into the nitty gritty, I thought we'd touch on a current event. As we are currently living in this Never ending pandemic, or so it feels. Hot topic these days is vaccinations. Yeah. And I just thought it'd be interesting to check in with where we're at with that today.
1: Yeah. So we were hearing and looking online, and kind of all sorts of different numbers are out there. But, you know, from what we can tell, it looks like almost 50% of Americans are at at least one dose of the vaccination. And some sites are showing up to 60% have had at least the initial dose. Um, And then we're seeing around 38% of all Americans are fully vaccinated, which is great. Um, People over 65, it looks like about 73% of those people are fully vaccinated. That's pretty good. It's pretty good.
0: That makes me feel better about our elderly population. Yeah.
1: And a lot of patients that I'm talking to on the phone, when I ask about their COVID status or Mm. signs and symptoms, they're like, oh yeah, I've been fully vaccinated for months.
0: And so it's pretty cool. I kind of think that's a funny response though, because, you know, I saw this the other day. And it came from a healthcare professional and they had a kind of a valid point. They're like, you know, I'm going through my COVID screening questionnaires and asking, have you had a temperature? Have you been around anyone positive? Have you traveled? Have you had a positive? Are you pending? All those questions that we have to ask ad nauseum. And you know what people's responses are these days? Hmm. I'm vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. Um, Do you have a temperature? I'm vaccinated. (laughs) <laughs> well well yeah yeah
1: well and I I mean it's not <laughs> likely to get it once you've been vaccinated right, so that's true I'm definitely relaxing in terms of yes. like you're vaccinated okay good let's go
0: yes yeah, let's I just on. think it's funny that that's an answer it's to true. some questions but <laughs> it's not actually an answer for <laughs> it's true
1: We're gonna be doing, you know, every time we meet is talking about a code orange moment. And we're gonna, you know, start our interview with this. And so in a hospital or a healthcare facility, a code orange, if you hear that called over the loudspeaker, is where there's some kind of event of a chemical spill, some kind of major cleanup or an external disaster. And so we're trying to, you know correlate it to, you know, what's, what could be a code orange event in your time in healthcare or home health, you know, something like messy, dangerous, hazardous, gross, funny, you know. So Allie, what, what do you think for your code orange moment?
0: That's a tough question. I've had plenty of Code Brown moments, that's for sure, being a physical therapist. Because, <laughs> you know, gravity wants to stand somebody up. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, I could count many of those times where Code Browns could be hazardous <laughs> and require cleanup um, in a hoarding situation. And unfortunately, the hoarding situation is what caused the patient's accident. Mm. You know, it caused her to fall. And, yeah. Um, break her arm. And by the time I got in there, she really didn't want home health because she was, you know, ashamed of her yeah. living environment, which is heartbreaking. And, you know, by all means, she needs services. So I finally convinced her to let me come in and, you know, there's nowhere to put your bag. There's nowhere yeah. to sit. And, and she just was so quickly rushing through the visit and so um you know we ended up getting some resources in for her but she had mice living behind her recliner oh. and i could hear them we named them oh. mickey and minnie and when I'd work with her, we would hear their little chirp, 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 and, like, rustling. And we're like, there's Mickey and Minnie. Oh, no. And just tried to, like, make it lighthearted for her because she was so horrified. She ended up, like, during the treatment, um, the time that I was treating her, she had a daughter come from San Diego. And she hired somebody to organize. That's right. I remember that organize. yeah, Yes. Yeah. And her home on my last visit was... Unrecognizable, and she was beyond thrilled, so happy. She said she got her life back and all these things. And so, you know, there's like a coat orange moment. It's not funny, but um, you know, it was definitely hazardous, and there was definitely cleanup involved. (laughs) Um, You never know what you're walking into in home health, that's for sure. What is your coat orange?
1: Well, There's this one really memorable uh, house that was a three-story house in Walla Walla, and it was hoarded up to the brim. And you could see the hoard through the windows clear up to the third level. You could tell that they had a basement. And so, of course, the whole front of the house was completely hoarded and not habitable. Were there cats? Actually, no. Oh, okay. And so they instruct you yeah, the front is a little bit cluttered, so you're going to need to come around to the back of the house. And so I was still orienting, just learning home health ropes until we were like never again walking back around this house in there, like broken down cars and furniture and rotten clothes laying around, and you know, and the back doors open, and it was. You could see that the house, all the couple had to live in was the kitchen area and this little passageway and the bathroom. And you could see through the rest of the house, it was just completely hoarded. And this poor patient had these, you know, weeping, icky mm-hmm. wounds on both of her legs because they literally sat in their recliners all day. All night. Mm-hmm. That was their bedroom, their kitchen, everything. And so they had pizza boxes all over. I think, you know, for this patient with CHF and diabetes, like top ramen pizza, you could mm-hmm. see what they've been eating. And mm-hmm. so I, you know, cleared a little space for my bag to put down, put down a, like a liner and started checking vitals and writing stuff down and then I turn around to my bag and my bag is just swarming with ants there's you know trail from the nearby pizza box clear mm. through my bag and over and I'm just like oh geez mm. so I there you know there are several hoarding house experiences that mm-hmm. kind of stand out with mm-hmm. you know the cleanliness and yeah. clearing space
0: but So, Paige, after that experience, you were on training one of your first weeks in home health. Why do you do home health, and why do you choose? Why did you choose nursing?
1: You know, I worked in, before I came to home health, I worked in a hospital for seven years or so, in a doctor's office, and then in urgent care, and a nursing home, and at all of those places. Typical
0: nurse jumping around. <laughs>
1: Whatever. <laughs> um, so... But I, what I hated, I was just so stressed and burnt out by being pulled in so many directions constantly. My phone was just, my work phone would just ring off the hook. I need you to come here, come there. I need ice. I need my meds. I need, mm-hmm. and it's like you cannot even safely focus on the task at hand mm-hmm. because all of these people are interrupting you. And I was just getting to the point where I would like, turn off my phone when I would be in with a patient or you know just ignore it or start yelling at people like could you please not call me for the next hour and so i you know was just kind of exploring it's like
0: too bad we didn't work together back then <sighs>
1: So I was just trying to think, like, what else could I do? And so this, you know, home health nurse was trying, kept trying to recruit me. And so I went on a ride along and I just, you know, I just love the idea of being able to spend time with one patient at a time where you are not getting harassed and you can give them (laughs) your full attention and figure out what they need and how you can help them. And so I love it. That and
0: would be an interesting poll question to the nurses out there. How many of you feel harassed on a daily basis at work? <laughs> is that uh, a known thing going into this?
1: Yeah. I mean, industry? I don't think so much in home health, honestly, right? but like in the hospital, it's just incessant.
0: Way to plug home health right there. <laughs> way to do So I felt... By the way, prior level home health is hiring. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there.
1: I, my stress level really plummeted when I first, you know, came to Home Health, and I was nicer. What about you, Allie? Why are you here?
0: <laughs> I ask myself that every day. <laughs> um, <laughs> so kind of like you, I had an experience in inpatient, and I did really enjoy inpatient because for physical therapy, it's different. You know, we... Aren't assigned to the same patients and have to spend twelve-hour shifts with them. We go in and see our patients for the treatment, and then we pass them back off to the nurses. And if they
1: have to go to the bathroom, you're like, um, um, ex- but- just hit your call light <laughs> when we're done, and the nurse will come and help you.
0: Just for the record, I know how it goes. Just for the record, I used that as therapy because sometimes that's the only time a patient would get out of bed. Yeah. Do you need to go to the bathroom? Okay, let's do that.
1: Right. And that's or great. Or
0: do you want clean sheets? Because I'll go get the sheets if you agree to get out of bed with me. Yeah. That was like my bartering technique was What's? you want clean bed and you want to use a bathroom? I'm your girl. <laughs> Let's go. That's part of your therapy. And then when we're done, we're going to walk down the hall. Awesome. And your clean gown and then back into your clean bed and make everybody happy. So, no, I was not that therapist. So, I did a rotation um, in in physical therapy school in home health and a few times I recall in the hospital setting case managers coming up to me and asking about discharge planning upon my eval or as I'm walking out of my evaluation and I just felt like it was kind of early for me to decide like they don't generally do well the first time I get them up when they're post-stroke or post-hip replacement um, or they're just out of a surgery they still have anesthetic on board it's really the next few times that we work with them that we have a better picture. And so I've always wondered of the patients that have gone home, what support do they actually get? And so mm-hmm. having my rotation in home health gave me an insight into that. And I realized that, you know, there's a lot of home health agencies out there and not all of them do things the right way. And I think that's a huge disservice Um, It's heavily regulated, as it should be. There's no oversight to what people are doing in homes. Um, But I enjoyed being able to provide care to patients in the comfort of their home environment, and they were always very appreciative and always very welcoming. And so I saw the need for it. But I also realized that every day, by working with different agencies, I could do better, you know. There needs to be a better system out there, um, and so I thought, why not create my own home health and do things the right way and provide that excellence and service, which, you know, ultimately led me to meeting you and all the other things that we've done, so can't say it's all been for nothing, Paige. <laughs> <laughs> um So, yeah, that's kind of where I've ended up. I, you know, I started out a physical therapy assistant and went back to school for my doctorate um, and just taking it day by day since then. (laughs) 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 Whatever the day, whatever the day's code orange is for me, I just take it as it comes. (laughs) Paige, looking ahead the next two to five to ten years, what do you think are going to be biggest challenges professionally, culturally, economically? Um, on Code Orange, we like to ask our guests to spill a little bit of the inside scoop on the industry, workplace, and profession, and so I'd like to do the same. What do you think the biggest challenges are?
1: It's hard to, for me to. I'm still so so stuck in the world of COVID. And post-COVID and what's going to happen and, you know, thinking about what, when the next pandemic will be, how we will get through that. You know, I think that there's still some trauma surrounding all of that and uh, just all the challenges that we faced and hoping that in the future when the next major crisis comes, are we going to be able to handle this better? Are we going to be able to get affordable masks for our clinicians Mm -hmm. and gowns. Mm -hmm. And are we going to be able to care for COVID patients at home? Are Mm -hmm. we going to run out of oxygen Mm -hmm. again? You know, are we going to have enough staff that's healthy to go see all of our patients? Mm -hmm. You know, so I, um, I, I guess my brain is just kind of stuck there. Um, what about you? What are you thinking?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. It's hard to really see past the current pandemic that we've been surrounded with. Um, but I think our biggest challenge is going to be overcoming it. What that really looks like, like you said, that post-COVID world, what that looks like for the medical profession and a small business, too, Um I read an interesting fact, and the source is not at the tip of my tongue right now, but that some hospitals don't anticipate being back to their um, prior functioning statistics for a few years. Wow! And, you know, after the last surge, hospitals were pretty empty because people didn't want to go there. They weren't doing elective surgeries. And if If you weren't sick or didn't think you had COVID, like a lot of people didn't go to the hospital, which creates a whole nother um, issue and pandemic of, you know, chronic illnesses that have not been properly treated because patients are scared to go to their doctor or scared to go to the hospital. And what what limitations does telemedicine really have? Um, so I think those things we are starting to see a little bit now and I think we'll continue to see and then also you know burnout of employees you know in the medical field in particular Um, and as we know it's very hard to hire right now Yeah. Um, and I'm not quite sure what that's about and how that's going to change but I think there's just a lot of unknowns in the post-COVID world. Yeah. That is going to be a challenge. So, Allie, a
1: lot of, you know, clinicians, people, it seems like maybe a California thing. I don't know. But it seems like a lot of people have their main job and then they also have a side hustle. Uh Like your second business, your third business. You know, one, if you have one business, why not have two or three? Holly, <laughs> do you have any side hustles?
0: Um, I'm really excited about a current project that I'm working oh,
1: on. Oh, tell us more. Yeah. Well, which project are you going to choose? Because <laughs> I've heard several. You come to me with, like, four or five every day, and my eyes get big, and I'm like, listen, I'm just trying to figure out how to get this next admission plugged into the schedule.
0: And That's that, where my head is. That explains why we're sitting here doing this, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I have felt the need to um, create a networking group for women in healthcare. Um, especially during like this past year of a pandemic where we had very little interaction, but, you know, pulling from people and hearing what they're doing and sharing things that methods that they found useful or where they're getting their resources from is like hugely, hugely valuable. Um, And so I kind of thought, well, you know, why, why can't we make a women's networking group? and host events and have these amazing women speak at them. And then mm-hmm. if there is a next pandemic, like you said, we all have networking yeah, you know partnerships that we can reach out to and in a safe environment yeah. you know, have that common ground mm-hmm. and use each other as resources but also, you know, encourage each other. Um, yeah. I think women inherently can be nasty and catty and in business it brings it out even more to each other yes yeah and it's toxic and it's it's just it's not okay so I would like to start a change of that and have a supportive encouraging group of networks Network for women in healthcare, especially in this area.
1: Yeah, in the IE.
0: In the IE. As they
1: say, the mm-hmm. Inland Empire. So
0: stay tuned on that because we have a fun event we're planning and hope that it really takes off. Um, some pretty special guests I have lined up for that. Hmm. What about you, Paige? I know you're really into plants,
1: but. I do love to garden, and I've started to call it my um, jungle slash forest, and (laughs) it was kind of an accident, and since the pandemic started... You live in Southern California. Yeah. Okay. Since the pandemic started, I just made a lot of trips to Home Depot, and I just kept buying (sighs) more and more plants and trees, and I've counted fairly small yard, but I have planted something like 20 trees since oh. we've lived in this house, really in the last year, and my so husband thinks that I'm a little bit crazy, but yeah. and so you um, are the plant lady. Yeah, and <laughs> you know I've had like multiple batches of plants, and oh, that doesn't work. That died over there. So well, I just have so to get have a few more some. things.
0: Some have died in this process. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and and I also, you know, we've had a lot of rats in our backyard. <laughs> And, and so that has become part of this jungle Smokey hustle. and
0: Steve don't keep them out?
1: A little bit. They help. <laughs> they alert me when there are rats present under our porch. And the other day, they were going around and around, and around, barking, 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 and a rat shot out from under our porch and ran to the fence. And Ew. then last night, I was sitting in the hot tub, and... I Ew. heard. I heard this one was a boop. boop and then I see a little spot, and it's still, 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 and then it ran across the fence, and a few minutes later, it ran back. And anyway, so you back, need some pest control. Well, in your I, life. I'm doing the pest control. You are? Yeah, personally.
0: Yeah, that's your side hustle. With my
1: assistant.
0: Page the pest control.
1: Well, so we've killed a total of 19 rats. <gasps> In the last two years. Oh, my
0: gosh. And
1: they're still visiting our yard. Oh. And so. What do you do with them after you kill them? Throw them in the trash. Ew. In a plastic bag. My assistant does that. That's not Ew. in my department. You
0: don't do the dirty work? No.
1: I don't know how to set the trash.: You're
0: the rat killer. Yeah.
1: So that's my. Anyway, that's my side hustle in the jungle.
0: The rat Killing plant lady. Yeah. Oh my god. Backyard jungle. What does Code Orange mean to you? And what is your interest in being involved in this podcast?
1: So, in the hospital, when I first learned about all these different universal healthcare codes because when you get hired, you get this little badge. <laughs> yes. You get a little thing that goes yeah. behind your name and you, they're like all these colors, mm-hmm. you know? And so when there would be, you know, the most common one is code blue and then everyone, you know, like the code team starts running and yeah. whatever.
0: 5100, so, code blue, 5100. And I
1: can't, like... And there would be some codes called, like, what the heck is the difference between a code silver and a code gray? I don't know. So I'd have to, like... You should know that one. It's aggressive versus a (laughs) weapon. (laughs) So I'd have to, like, flip up my badge and be like, hmm, what code is that? Oh, it's a... (laughs) There's a weapon! (laughs) Yeah. And so I think the code orange thing is really interesting because, you know, I don't remember that ever really being happening where I used to work, but... I mean, this whole last year plus of the pandemic has just been like one gigantic code orange, and and there's so much that happens in healthcare on a regular basis that is awful, unjust, you know, mm-hmm. unregulated, out of control, and the patient suffers. Right. And so I just think that um, they are endless topics. Right in healthcare about things that are terrible and Mm -hmm. toxic and need Mm -hmm. to change. And so, but tell us about why you think it's interesting, because you're the one that thought of this.
0: I mean, I think it was a collaboration, let's be real. Yeah. Uh, To me, the purpose of, you know, Code Orange is to be lighthearted in general, maybe not this episode, but then they can, we can kind of introduce ourselves in the podcast, but I hope that it can provide some lighthearted entertainment, but then also have moments of discussion of important points, like you said, um, touching on important current events in healthcare and adding some lighthearted stories to share that we all can probably relate to. Um, and, Again, be a place that kind of brings people together and ultimately I think that's the goal of this is to provide some lighthearted content that people can relate to and hopefully wanna yeah. keep listening into and
1: well so. and the other thing, like in this pandemic it's been extremely isolating mm-hmm. for so many of us and and our patients. Spoken and, from
0: an introvert.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, just to make one more way that people can feel connected mm. to other people in their industry and like, oh, I'm not the only person that has been afraid during a home health mm-hmm. visit or like drugs are being sold outside.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's
1: not every patient, no. but that did happen once. But anyway, but You know, like, we're all in this together. We're on the same team. Right. You know, we all just want to help people at the end of the day. Yeah. And if you don't want to help people, don't work for our company.
0: Or in healthcare. Yeah. Don't do it. Thank you for co-hosting with me. I know how to, you know, twist your arm a little bit, but...
1: Time will tell, but (laughs) now it's been, you know, I get afraid doing new things. Every day, I just love pushing you outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. Ever since I've worked, you know, in this this last two years working for your company, I have been pushed and stretched and like catapulted outside of my comfort whoa, whoa, zone, whoa. like <laughs> routinely. I've ne- I mean, but I've, you know, grown so much and I'm you not nearly as afraid of so many things as yeah. I used to be. And, you, you know, you should
0: be incredibly proud.
1: So anyway, I was a little nervous starting to do this podcast, but um, I think it's going to be okay. And luckily, you like to talk a lot, and so (laughs) you can kind of just carry us through if I can't think of anything to say.
0: All right. Well, I think that concludes this episode, and I look forward to many more. Okay.
1: Over and out. Awesome.
0: Peace out. I know you don't like when people talk, but... Talk too much. Okay. Talk too much. Paige's is was getting Paige. a little
1: bit long, by the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my bad. I will be more succinct. Have I ever seen Sound of Music? Do you know who my grandma is? <laughs> she is the sound of music. <laughs> That's a good point. Good. I'm glad you've seen it. Because Chris hadn't
1: seen it up until, like, last year.
0: Judgy eyes, your way. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Pausing.